And welcome! And welcome back! To episode four? Three, two, four, Three. five, six, seven. I don't know. It's, I don't even know what order I'm going to upload them yet. So. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, we're doing a whole bunch of episodes. And then releasing them all kind of once. Bef- before we launch the show. Yeah, kind of like so. the Netflix podcast. What? You know how they release all the episodes of Netflix shows all at oh, once? Oh, yeah. Well, kind of. Well, that. not the but whole not all thing, the episodes. but just a few all at once. So people and then can, we'll trickle in. You know, so people aren't like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but this is an, uh, an episode of Historical and Mysterious. Mysterious. I'm Ian. And I'm Jay. And welcome. Welcome. Uh, each week we talk about something historical and something, something mysterious. mysterious. Oh, Jinx. That was really. That was we were really good with that though. Yeah. No, we do it all the time. We do it all the time. <laughs> we harmonize very well. <laughs> we train all the time. So, how was your? Uh, how was your week, Jay? My week was really good. I went to work and then came home. It was nothing really. I mean, uh, nothing really. Too much happened. We have this demon dog who lives down the street. Oh, down the, oh yeah, two doors down the right from yeah, us. Massimo. Yeah, Massimo. It's a Massimo. Which I don't know. Which I actually like that as a name for. I like dog, that as a name too. Like not as that dog. Yeah, no, Ma- it's a like very aggressive pit bull with a very aggressive owner too. Yeah. So and I don't know. Every he he's very like when you walk past yeah. the window, he just jumps up and just starts like clawing at it practically, yeah. and it's just it shocks and me it sometimes. Like, and it like if you don't the frame of the window. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you don't expect it like oh god it gets you every time and he's there all the time like yeah. four in the every morning time. when i walk past unless 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 his owner is like taking him for oh, a walk in yeah the little courtyard of the apartment complex we live in to like go shit and everything it's literally and, but he'll still bark at us but just from a distance and he's held by a leash and even the owner's like hey and he's yelling hey, and he pulls him by the leash and he's like well that's why he's like that yeah it's like this big american <laughs> choppers dude <laughs> uh, how was your week uh, my week was good. I actually had like a barrage of things. To talk you had about. a busy week. Yeah. Well. Um. Well. Let's just address. You know. I mean. I don't. You know. Think we put out a show and not address Vegas. Yeah. That was. That was. That blew my heavy. mind. Heavy. Yeah. I think that blew everybody's mind. That was crazy. That I was mean, so horrible. The kill yeah. counts. I. Oh, I don't know. Just no words. It's something that I mean. It happens. And it just seems like these shootings and your shootings are getting closer and closer together. Exactly, and the, the horrific the body counts is more and more. It's climbing. Yeah, it it's seems horrible. Like. And you know, in places that you should obviously be completely safe, and it, no, in oh yeah, in, in all it, these instances, no, absolutely and it not. Makes just these fun events just seem a lot more sinister and everything. Yeah. And every time you're gonna be at like a concert for me, at least, it feels like and God, me, what the my, hell's gonna happen? My, and you know, my fucking dumbass decided because i got felt so passionate about it in the heat of the moment that i decided <laughs> to post a one sentence remark about gun control all right <laughs> because i hate my life and i wanted you just wanted to fucking fight people and i wanted to invite that wrath of facebook on uh and you know what i did and if <laughs> i did hey, and yeah. i thought yeah i stuck to my and life. i think anyway. some good conversations too along with other yeah but let's people. not have it now anyway <laughs> uh oh and uh speaking of which uh i know for a fact that this episode is going to come after another because in another one i talked about how i was unemployed well yes. i got a job hey yeah that is it's at a senior living center but it's in the dining room you know i'm a server there so oh, yeah. it's gonna be nice and, and it's, it's something chill. you've done before and, you know yeah. whether you've worked with and like, it's full-time the elderly and before it's a good rate too so yeah oh yeah no it's a yeah. I don't know. I think it'd, you'd be a lot happier there too. Oh yeah, <laughs> big well, difference from the old place. 
Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, and, oh, yeah. Okay. So then some entertainment stuff, too. I have uh, gotten obsessed with two other things. First off, and for uh, our listeners, you know, for any listeners that may hear this, if you haven't seen uh, on Netflix the show Big Mouth, the oh my there, gosh, oh, yes. Amazing. It is I so it. good. I love how, I mean, I'm past that stage of oh yeah puberty that show and everything and everything at 27 but, but it's so it's amazing so at, funny. at 27 i can acknowledge this show would have been amazing when i was 12 it does have a Fucking lot of amazing. good <laughs> like if this came out in in uh, 2002 i would have been like oh <laughs> okay it all makes sense i'm not fucking crazy yeah you know <laughs> i'm not a monster i'm oh. not a I'm, I'm not a hormonal monster. I'm not a little so boner monster. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I started uh, American Vandal, which is super. Oh funny. yeah, you told me about it that. It is so serious. I still it's like the first forty-eight, kind of, but Ooh. with like a high school. Just who gets drama. murdered? No one gets murdered. Okay, so it's not like the it's, first forty-eight. At all. No, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like the first forty eight in the sense that they have reenactments and they have these like really it's the dumbest thing I've is ever like, seen. Okay, but so it's, it's so uh, based great. on a true story documentary. No, or is it a drama doc docu drama, and then they do reenactment reenactments. It, oh, I can't even fucking talk. It's like the whole thing's a doc and documentary about real people. I'm it's docu style. Yeah, but it's just it's like real actors and everything. But it makes it seem like this is a real event that happened All and everything, right. and it's so yeah. great and how they. Uh, <laughs> And how they tell the story and everything, it'll have you guessing the entire way through. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Awesome, yeah. No, no spoiler alerts from me. No spoilers. And uh, just just a, a, an homage to my gayness, if you will. I have uh, recently, uh, re, well, re-fallen in love with, again, Betty Davis. Uh, hey. I, I've seen a lot of her movies, but I recently saw another... Uh, a new one well obviously not a new one she's dead but <laughs> new Betty um, Davis movie but new to me Betty Davis movie uh, came out in 1941 called The Little Foxes uh, I'm not gonna get into it it's just a really good movie she plays a completely irredeemable character but oh. from all the characters surrounding her you're still on her side <laughs> uh, but she does a really good job and it's just it's a good movie good story wait when did anyway. it come out 1941. Oh. And it's black and white. I love black and white movies. I don't know why. No, I think... I think I'm a 65-year-old man... You, you are. ...driving a Lincoln. <laughs> Deep down, you. I think you With just, a cigar. You've always been that. And uh, slacks. Pleated, I, pleated slacks. I can't wait to see... <laughs> I can't wait to see you when you're actually 60. Like, if I know you when you're 60. I can wait, actually. <laughs> like, are anyway. you just gonna be, like, way older? I don't know. Uh, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, all right. right. Well, uh, as as per usual, it's history first, then mystery. And since you are history this week, I will let you take it away, sir. Yes, that's my computer screen. Pitch black again. It just it blacked out when we when we started the podcast. You know, how it was just fine. Mm-hmm. Now it's this. Great. So I'm gonna work with this. All right. Would you be able to speak your mystery? And then we'll go to my hit. We'll do a switcheroo, if you will. I'm so sorry. I it was like we'll, this. We'll edit. Sh- we'll edit. Oh. <laughs> that works. And we're back. We're back. And yes. we're gonna edit all that previous stuff out because it all came out. Blah blah blah. blah. All right. Love technology. And... Love it to death. Okay. So uh, I don't know where we left off, and I'm not gonna go back. I think we're but, starting my yeah. history for yeah, the week. Yeah, starting your history. Yes, it is uh, the history of psychiatric hospitals. Okay. Which Ooh. I know is a little, wow. like... <laughs> bleak. Bleak and spooky, but 
I'm really just doing a kind of a brief overview. I'm not. It's so. It is so just expansive. This history of everything, and it's it's impossible to hit everything as you know with your histories and everything. So mm-hmm. I pick some major things, and I think some things that I thought were really interesting. I try to stay away from the bleaker stuff because I feel like that'll be for next week my mystery. Because I think I'm gonna do a little. Oh, oh, what's the chap? What's going on here? Part you doing one, a little part two? I we guess. do a little part one, part two. <laughs> yes, I uh, wait. No, but you can't do two histories. I'm history. Oh, history. that's right. I'm gonna do a mystery. Ah, that's kind so of you're doing related the, to oh, psychiatric let me see, hospitals. Wait, okay, so part ones, you're doing the history of the psychiatric hospitals, and then you're doing part mystery. two's the mystery, and then it's gonna be a mystery of kind of like a serial killer, but he hits uh, ties psychiatric hospitals. Oh, in a really so you're bad tying time. your history mystery. Get that's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool very thing. clever, and good sir. <laughs> Thank you. I like it. I'm excited to tell the story and get All everything. Right. So let's pick it up from here. All right, uh, let's go. So the reason I picked like psychiatric hospitals and the history of it, not since I'm doing the part one and part two, not only because of that, but it's just something that oh, I think it was always so fascinating to me. It's something that I, I like minored in college. I know it's nothing like expertise at all, but I still thought it was so interesting how people just kind of it's a podcast. You're fine. <laughs> how people just kind of put away their family members and locked them up just because you know they were sick or mentally ill mm-hmm. whether it be depression or or, or they were embarrassment man, right yeah or embarrassment so when these uh if she got pregnant no <laughs> no she just went to cancun for spring break <laughs> exactly so <laughs> or she had an accident no okay <laughs> uh, so initially uh before the 1600s uh families took care of the mentally ill uh, they didn't really have anywhere to send them, so they just tried their best to try to take care of the situations. But of course, they don't know what's going on. For a long time, people just thought these uh, mentally ill people were possessed by like demonic spirits and all this voodoo really? stuff. Yeah, that's it was, what they thought in the field of psychiatry. Oh well, psychiatry wasn't really a thing in like before the 1600s. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Oh no, you're good. Uh, Europe, and so basically, Europe started to have private asylums as early. I mean, as around 1600, like these gotcha, private gotcha. asylums were okay. basically just kind of homes, but mm-hmm. with basements where people just kind of mm-hmm. like stored everyone and kind of chained them up in these dark enclosed spaces and didn't really they fed them and everything. But oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, basic rights. They they kept them alive for All the right. most part, no, but I they still. I don't need to see the sky. <laughs> no, never. Or Just give people, me a dark room or, and a wall to stare yeah. at. I'm good. Yeah. But that's basically what these people did. Uh, people were more active and violent, of course, when they were chained to the walls, and it was just it was a nasty sight. Well, it doesn't matter because they're chained to the walls. So. Oh yeah, everyone's <laughs> safe. We're all good. <laughs> uh, so it's safe to say that they needed some real moral reform and some really good some really good reform. So yeah. basically, uh, this man named William Turk, a Quaker, was so overcome with his friend dying. Uh, in the mental institution that he created a retreat for 30 mentally ill people and gave him menial tasks to create like a a group workforce I guess like okay. teamwork I guess it really worked it worked really well uh, the patients uh, if they did their tasks successfully they were rewarded and if this is the funny part and if they didn't do the task they were uh, had menial uses of restraints they had to wear or instilling fear in them. 
Oh. And I don't know, like, it was, like, what, so happy, and they didn't go any any deeper in that. They just said instilling fear and moved on. Like, it was a casual, like, I'm like, did you, like, I'm verbally... imagining, like, Spanish Inquisition-type torture, like, <laughs> hanging like, them up by their wrists behind their back. And or... when I was reading about this Quaker, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. He's, like, trying to make a team. He's trying to have everyone work together and really improve themselves. And for the most part, it really worked, but then he's, like, instilling fear. And I'm like, how, how do you instill fear? Like, <laughs> but... <laughs> I guess that's he instilled fear in them, and it really worked. I mean, it, and Be it was afraid, a, and it was a step in the right direction, as in the whole, I guess, working together sense mm-hmm. and things that uh, it's something like a tool that psychiatric hospitals use today. Whether it be like drama or something to get like patients to work together and cooperate with one another to create those social bonds and really get that so form a community exactly. And, and yeah. so I thought it was really cool okay. how you can kind okay. of see that all the way back in like the Quaker times and wow. everything. So Virginia in the US. Yeah, right. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, Virginia was the first state in the US to recognize uh, to establish a first mentally ill institution in seventeen sixty eight. It was also the first colony. Sorry. <laughs> hey, oh, fun fa- oh thank you thank for you. the fun fact that everybody already knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and of course I think a lot of people know about this. Some of the usual treatments, the casual ones, bleeding and purging. Uh, hot and cold baths, mercury pills. Mm-hmm. Mercury pills? I guess it was. It made people really fucking sick, but they thought it was gonna like expel. Well, yeah, because it's fucking mercury. mercury. Yeah, yeah, it was. But like, they don't even put that in thermometers anymore. <sighs> I. <laughs> they had some. They had some twisted fucking like things back then, and uh, tranqu- like, tranquilizing chairs. And this looks like an actual saw trap. And I'm just gonna. What? That's it. Why is it all pixelated? That's just my shitty computer. Oh, okay. But just picture that box on someone's head. I mean, I was a child once. <laughs> I put boxes on my head all the Every time. Every parent strapped their kids to a chair and put a box on no, their I head, No, I put right? the box on my head myself. I was playing around. Oh, I see. see. Just, I mean a little child. <laughs> so this, That's not a little child? No, this is a grown adult. Oh, oh it's tied like it's tied to a chair and everything. He's tied to a chair. Oh, they're everything. tied to the chair. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really restrained, and it was meant... And it was created by a man named Dr. Benjamin Rush, who I guess was known as the father, the father of the American Psychiatric Association, I guess. From, and he was alive from 1745 to 1813. And he was the first to, like, he was the first to create steps into thinking that it was just a mind thing. It was just all in your mind. It wasn't like demons or anything. It okay. was just a mental illness. Huh. But he was still really far off. Like, he created that saw-like trap to kind of, uh, he thought that it was inflammation in the brain, so if it, like, had these certain pressure points in this box, uh, kind of pressuring some points, it would help the inflammation somehow, and if they strapped to the chair and stayed there for a bit, they would be good, they would be cured, and it really never really works, yeah. but, uh, of course, lobotomy was a huge thing as well, Ugh. and that destroyed everything. Uh, Every time I hear the word lobotomy, I guess, like, a lot of people my age, I think of the movie From Hell. And I think of uh, the one that uh, one prostitute in the movie. Oh, sorry, one that that one. Even though it was eighteen eighty eight, and they didn't call him this back sex then. Sex worker. Sex worker. Back yes. Then. Thank sorry. you. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You're forgiven. You're an asshole. You're just a first wave feminist. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, You're so first wave. But feminist. the prostitute that actually had the affair with the prince, Prince Albert, and then she got lobotomized, and the part she's like. Ah, 
I'm wearing a white dress. I'm a queen. I'm a queen. I'm a queen. I'm a queen. And, I, and you know, and I can make a gay joke too. But you know, she did. <laughs> she and I just like she's like staring off into the middle distance, all like happy, sad, crazy, and and then like Heather Graham's just looking at her like, oh, this poor bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is you going know? on with you? I haven't seen that movie. And I feel really? like Johnny child. Depp as uh, the inspector and Hagrid's in it too. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've seen Hagrid other things. No, the the guy who played Hagrid in the Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Oh, like the oh, actor Hagrid. Oh, insta- oh okay. I don't he's think insta- I recognize some other things, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> what? You mean Hagrid doesn't have his own standalone movie? I thought you meant movie? Hagrid the movie. What? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, going back to that, in the late 1800s, legislation was passed to get to make asylums more pleasant, pleasant, I guess, bearable. <laughs> okay. And it still wasn't. Uh, it was steps. It was steps in the right direction. They were small, but they were still steps. So uh, Dorothea Dix played a huge role in getting these hospitals reformed in not just America. I'm sorry. What was her last name? Dix. Okay. Uh, played a huge role in getting these. Ho- uh, by the way, I'm 12. Yeah, you. Are. <laughs> hey, it makes things more fun. Uh, these uh, these asylums were critical to evolution of psych- psychiatric uh, psychiatry as they provided places of practice throughout the world. Okay. Uh, once reforms happened, uh, basically there was this big influx of people, of patients going into hospitals. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> there was this big influx of patients going to the hospitals. I think it went over like 900% influx they saw of patients going to these hospitals. And it was funny because it was basically like whenever someone broke the law mm-hmm. or something or someone had a, like a violent outburst they would send them to the psychiatric hospitals rather than like courts or something it was just a place to store people and it was yeah. just it was getting ridiculous and mm-hmm. uh basically uh when the overcrowding started to be a real problem uh in the 1900s like about I guess mid 1900s they started uh deinstitutionalizing people like 19 having a turnout kind of 40s, thing 50s. yeah okay. and having a turnout of everyone and actually getting people out rather than just keeping them there and so it was a big just kind of transition from how it used to be rather than just keeping the people there. They were actually worked on actually curing them and making them better and, you know, making them uh, able to go out into the world and socialize and be, you know, human be- like adults, you know? Yeah, productive people in productive society. Productive people yeah. in society, exactly. So and I be able to sustain sus- and take care of themselves. Exactly. And, it and you know, it's uh. even today, it's this huge 180 from, you know, back in the 1600s. And so I th- just thought that was really neat about this huge transition of how it used to be and to this modern thing that really helps people nowadays. Huh. Yeah. And so that's pretty much uh, the history of psychiatric asylum. I mean, uh, psychiatric hospitals. Oh, wow. I didn't know that they started. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The the way back in the day and whatever century ago I mean, it's where not they kind of like right? all worked together and formed a community like I'm yeah. sure it was still oh I'm sure they still had their problems like, awful and everything but oh like, yeah the way you describe them like oh that actually sounds fun I'm like imagining like some <laughs> villa in Tuscany <laughs> they're all in the back garden of the villa and just oh, no. like the sun is shining and, and you can't like, <laughs> you can't forget about there the, are those uh, wine bottles with those basket things on the half of the bottom oh and, yeah and you know <laughs> and a light instilling pizza. fear kind of thing so it's you know yeah. Just a little bit of fear. Instilling fear, yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> it gets people to work harder. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is uh, my history. And next week I'll go into a little bit more in depth about a certain, certain psychiatric hospital and 
with the uh, outcome more in that depth is. with that history. Just a single cool. and yeah. more that mystery. Yeah. Well, so cool. Stay right. tuned. Awesome. <laughs> well, I am mystery this week, mystery. and my mystery. I am basically doing well. I'm doing Phantom Islands, but I'm more specifically, I'm doing one Phantom Island. And, uh, but just to give a little definition, uh, Phantom Islands, uh, Islands, there, Islands. How many, there's only one Phantom Island? There's many. Oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we are very haunted with them. Um, Could I call them ghost islands? But Phantom Island is, uh, a purported island that appeared on maps or for a period of time, uh, sometimes centuries, a lot of them for centuries. Uh, during recorded history, but was later removed from later maps after it was uh, proven to not exist or lost or... Unexplained. How big? Yeah. Uh, and such examples as uh, Bus Island, uh, B-U-S-S, uh, which was discovered in 1578, uh, and it, it just faded away. It's gone? How yeah, big was it? Over the centuries. Uh, I don't really know. This is just a list of the islands. Okay. And then uh, Pepys Island uh, was a, mi- uh, a misidentification of the Falkland Islands. Okay. Uh, Thule, uh, T-H-U-L-E, uh, was discovered by the Greek explorer Pythias. Uh, uh, then it was lost. Then it was rediscovered or acknowledged as the Shetland Islands, Iceland, or Scandinavia, uh, or just non-existent. I see. They just so basically, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so either it never existed, or what they saw was really one of these places. Okay. And then there's Banks Island, and this Ooh, actually funny. has happened a couple, few times throughout the planet, both in California and uh, other places in the world. Uh, and Banks Island is actually a peninsula. So when people first discovered it, you know, it looked like an island. Yeah. And actually, it was a peninsula, so it was connected to the mainland. And that's a lot of stories of a lot of these phantom islands, you know, and a lot of them also just don't oh, exist just- and have you know, myth attached to them, much like Atlantis and such. Got it. Okay. Um, so, uh, to get the island I will be discussing, uh, as far as Phantom Islands go, is actually quite close to... Oh, actually, it's not quite close to us. I don't live in Texas anymore. <laughs> it's far far from it's, us. <laughs> it's too, well over 2,000 miles at least from us. Um, <laughs> but at the coordinates of 22 degrees north and 91 degrees, 91 degrees east... Uh, in the Gulf of Mexico lies, or should lie, uh, oh. a small 31-square-mile rock islet named Bermeja. Oh, I can't even roll my tongue. Bermeja. And, well, I, like I should not have rolled my tongue. That's technically inaccurate because that would have been two R's. <laughs> I'm just trying to romanticize it. Exactly. I see. Yeah, Got I'm it. trying to be, I'm, yeah, Latino. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, Bermeja Island. And... Um, although sometimes throughout records uh, in history, it sometimes shows up as Vermeja with a V. Oh. Uh, but located approximately 100 kilometers uh, northwest of the Yucatan Peninsula, Bermeja Island had reliably appeared on maps and maritime records for centuries. Uh, but then its existence for, I wrote here, but then its existence for some inexplicable reason began to look rocky. Ah, uh, uh, I get it. All right. Like, I uh, until eventually it disappeared completely. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and all this despite, actually, uh, Bermeja being located rather close to uh, neighboring islets, closer to the Mexican coast, uh, that were also recorded by notable cartographers since the 16th century. So it's also this particular island, compared to other situations around the world with Phantom Islands, is particularly odd because it's kind of surrounded by other small islets of a similar size. Yeah. Although this one was purported to be bigger. Um, and also it was not only 
closer to their islets, but it was not far off the coast of oh. Mexico itself. You know, it acted as a 200-mile marker, an economic wow. marker for Mexico. Wow, for okay. For a long time, yeah. So they must, someone must have been shocked when they went out to it and it was just gone. Yeah. Well, uh, well first, I'm just going to give, like, a, a comprehensive uh, timeline Got of the island and its history. And then um, we're going to go over just some, uh, some theories yeah, on how it might have uh, disappeared. What poof? Or maybe it just never. We don't know. We don't know. We don't. <laughs> uh, okay, so in 1539, Alonso de Santa Cruz. Oh wait, sorry, Alonso de Alonso. Santa Cruz uh, dis- uh, discovered it basically. And uh, sorry, no, I'm just oh. looking at my notes. No, he discovered it basically and mapped it out and everything. Okay, and it appeared. It was published in uh, the El Yucatan, El Islas adyacentes i think is how you that's say really it. good yeah i think that's how you say it. i mean you sound spot on oh thank you yeah uh it, which is a list of islands of the region published in madrid in 1539 okay uh so that is the first recording and like it was like purported as fact uh the precise location given in, in uh, espejo de navegantes uh, Seville, circa 1540, by Alonso de Chavez, who wrote that from a distance, the small island looks blondish or reddish. So basically, it was all rock. You know, it was a dead, oh, you know, I see. It was just a rock island. Um, and according to Michel Antichi, or Tua Antochi, and I don't know how to say it, <laughs> Antichi. Culpa, uh, a French Mexican cartographer, since 1844, British maps have recorded the sinking of the island. Uh, some 60 fathoms below. Oh. <laughs> but dive that's, down and that's just, just like... a summation on their part, All I think. Right. Yeah, that's just a small thing. And, uh, but this island remained, uh, you know, apparently it was reliably just there the whole time in existence uh, until around 1775. And then... From 1539 to 1775, it was just in all the maps yeah, from, like, People from all the explorers and around, it. yeah, yeah, and they yeah. All apparently the same. it was just a yeah. ubiquitous thing. It was there. Oh, and then it was, it was just yeah, gone. Uh, well, well, seventeen seventy five was the last year. I guess the island heard that America was going to be a thing the next year, and they were like, <laughs> "Nope, I'm <right."> out." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in eighteen fifty seven, but after that, actually, no, after seventeen seventy five, it's not necessarily that it like disappeared straight away. It's that it's it started to falter, which is also odd to me that it just it started to fade away in the sense that it appeared in some maps. It didn't appear in others. It wasn't in always in people's maritime oh. records. Uh, it wasn't mentioned as much as well as the other islets around it. Yeah. So, and it then just, just became like a universal. Like thing I said, that, it, like... it's, it, it's, uh, it inexplicably became Rocky. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but in 1857, Bermeja suddenly reappeared on uh, U.S. maps from then until 1946. Uh, but even though this happened, mystery still, you know, shrouded. The oh, island yeah. Oh, because hell it yeah. was still intermittent. Um, exactly. <laughs> and its last uh, appearance officially, let me find it here, was in uh, 1921. Last appearance? Yeah, like officially on maps and stuff. Oh, wow. uh, it was in 1921, and it was in um, a Mexican publication. I can't remember. Uh, and then after that, in um, a 1997 survey seemed to verify, however, its non-existence because uh, they were interested in uh, like what's out. Yeah, and made it look for themselves. Uh, yeah, took a look for themselves. I mean, 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, but it, all the way through the 1970s, though, even though it was in, the existence of it was unsure, Bermeja Island functioned as a marker for Mexico to establish its, uh, like I mentioned before, the 200 nautical mile uh, economic zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Um, and, but with the island not being there, it severely reduces it. Because Mexico's now going by the other islets around it, which are yeah. much closer to the coast. And there's reasons for that, maybe. Uh, and But um, in the year 2000, uh, the United States and Mexico were delimiting, delimiting uh, their maritime areas, areas, which basically means uh, negotiating You know what part of the Gulf is mine, what part of the Gulf is yours. Yeah, it, okay. In, in layman's terms. Uh, and uh, specifically uh, hoyos de dona, which means donut holes in Spanish. Uh, and bas- it- this is an area of the Gulf that was basically very, very near Be- uh, Bermeja, and basically right, right, Bermeja was right on top of it, and this is where a lot of oil deposits are, which will play a part in some of the theories. Oh, damn. Of course. Um, and... Uh, what and then okay so let me get down here structure international while taking okay yeah okay so like i said yeah the mexican government uh obviously after finding this out uh became sent an expedition out to find it because if bermeja did exist it would significantly extend mexico's maritime limits and the oil deposits within these limits so it's like it would be a huge economic boom for them you know got it and so it's like they, they need to needed check it. Yeah. this out. Yeah. Um, then, okay, so, uh, but in uh, 2009, their search yielded nothing, and uh, they, uh, they signed a treaty with the United States, basically declaring where their economic zones were. Uh, um, however, there was a 10-year moratorium put on the treaty, and uh, in 2000. Nine? Did I already say 2009? Yeah, I think oh. so. Oh, sorry, no. Yeah, I meant 2000, uh, 2008. There was a lot of interest. And then in 2009, they did three more expeditions. Wow, and they, they really wanted to find it. Cutting edge ec- technologies at their disposal and... Uh, still nothing? Yeah, no. They did like three different searches and they still found nothing. Uh, <sighs> That's insane. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> and then... There's pretty much... Okay, I'm about to get to the excuses. I think I'm pretty much at the end here. The theories? Yeah. All right, so... Okay, but... Yeah, so... Okay, so about the oil... So, but before the authorized period of delay of the moratorium on the treaty uh, on oil exploration and exploitation in Hoyos de Dona, uh, they did those investigations. They didn't find anything, and... But it didn't calm anybody. Even to this day, people still have questions. Oh, hell you know, yeah. There's not only theories, but also conspiracy theories. Oh, okay. Not only amongst the Mexican government, but also amongst the Mexican people who are you know, really? obviously paying attention yeah. to this. And I guess they're kind of like... Because, uh, spoiler alert, the United States obviously is involved to a certain degree. And so obviously they have some. we have some questions thrown at us. Yeah, and I'm like, sure their attitude is like, hey man, you have the world. Let us have the oil <laughs> under this little island. <laughs> Please, come on. Yeah. So do you think like, the U.S. had something to do with like... Well, uh, I'm getting there. So basically the theories... Uh, most of the sources I looked up pr- uh, promote two theories primarily but i in my research managed to find five and i'm going to start with 
uh, you know, the most innocent to the most... Extreme? Sinister. Oh. All right. So the first one is mistaken cartographers, specifically back in previous centuries. Basically, you know, mm. when, uh, you know, maritime records weren't as accurate, you know, sea traveling one is, wasn't as precise, you know, yeah. all, all the technology, you know, and people would make mistakes and stuff. Of like how, Like the thing with the peninsula. They thought it was an island and it was still part of oh, the yeah. mainland and stuff. And they don't have the technology we Exactly. And they would see something wrong or like exactly. a mirage or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mistaken cartographers. Okay. Or sneaky cartographers. Because in the age of exploration, it was very popular for people to put fake islands and they would know on to their own maps. To make them look special. To make them, no, just to put them there to uh, dissuade uh, basically explorers from other places, I guess, from rivals from going, going there. Dissuade them from approaching or oh, uh, confusing them. Okay. Yeah, it was a tactic. Oh, nice. So sneaky. Yeah. That is very sneaky. But I find that highly unlikely because you have to be... it, this this island showed up on... In so like, many maps, it seems like. So many maps on in from many different places. Yeah. So, okay. Not just like... it, Like throughout the centuries in history, like in Europe, and then recently like in the United States and Mexico as well. Yeah. In, in books and wow. maps and stuff. Yeah. On maritime record. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty hard to... Uh, and then, uh, of course, there's the, uh, you know, modern day explanation of rising sea levels, you know, okay. uh, due to global warming. Yeah. Uh, but my thing is, is that if that's the case, you know, and even if you could put a boat over it, wouldn't sonar still detect like Exactly. Rising... Something. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that kind of debunks there. that for me. That's true. Um, yeah. And then also, uh, and one also that I could maybe possibly give a little credence to, an underwater earthquake. Okay. And then it shook it from the seafloor sea surface. But something that that's an, an earthquake to do that much damage to this it's island. To a 31 square mile island, which yeah. isn't huge, but it's still good size for an yeah. island. I mean, oh, it's yeah. an island. And an earthquake has to be pretty And that massive. close to the coast of Mexico. In the Gulf of Mexico, that would have been noticed. That yeah, would have been, you would have definitely felt. I mean, they would have known. And especially with all those oil deposits right there. Exactly. I mean, how is there not an eruption of oil? How is people? How, how is people? How are people not? <laughs> you know, interested in that? I just don't. See no. That. Yeah. Anyway, and then there's the final, the, the theory, sinister the, one, the, the one that sounds the most conspiratorial. Aliens. But I can actually. Yes. No. <laughs> uh, the CIA blew it up because the United States wants access to the oil. You know what? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> U.S. oil, that's all I needed to hear. I'm like, oh, yeah, the others yeah, just don't maybe. make sense. Yeah, exactly. And, but yeah. And also, here's some other things about that. Because there have been some uh, inquiries from the Mexican government and other uh, Mexican citizens. And, you know, it's all been hushed up. And uh, there's even a guy. He was a Mexican politician by the name of... Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, the suspense is killing me. Uh, it's killing me. <laughs> Where is it? What the fuck was his name? No, not, it wasn't Alonzo, the explorer. It's a race to the finish. You got this. Uh, uh, all right. Well, anyway, we'll name him politician. President. Uh, no. Mr. President. God damn it. Did I not... Did I forget to... God Write the name. Shit. Oh, well. Uh, well, so there was a Mexican politician. Uh, I, I kind of... 
Oh, Concello. 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 Okay. That was his last name. It was uh, his middle name and last name, Angel Concello. Any relation to Coachella? <laughs> no. <laughs> because it's not even spelled the same. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but... Oh, Jose! Thank you! Jesus. <laughs> Memory. All right. So... Uh, he was a Mexican senator. His name was there. Jose Angel Concello, and he actually uh, spoke out against this quite a bit, or at least asked questions about it. And he state he made a public statement saying Bermeja had been disappeared voluntarily. Oh wow! Know, by people, you know, basically just blown up. And then, not long after, uh, he died in a mysterious car accident. Like, it was recently, like, after he said those statements. Mm-hmm. Were, yes. Wow. Yeah. And I actually, that interested in me, that statement, and I tried to look up more on this guy, but uh, everything about him, like, it was on, like, Spanish Wikipedia, and, oh, yeah. or was in Spanish, so I couldn't read it, and all the English Caucasian. stuff was basically uh, the, the same information. Wow. So, that's all I could find. Yeah. That's... But... Uh, yeah, honestly they, though, I he wouldn't believe be that the CIA like destroyed the island to expand its economic zone given to the United States. I can see that. I can see the US doing that. And you know, Bermeja Island before it just was completely gone, like in the seventies and stuff when it was still not sure but was still kind of regarded yeah. as there just oh, yeah. you know, it uh it when it disappeared, it disappeared along with uh documents backing up uh a a bilateral treaty on major oil reserves in the area beforehand. So wow. it's basically, it's like, oh, we got rid of the island and some documents disappeared. So let's sign this new treaty. Yeah. Now that the island's gone, giving us this space. Whoa. So that's kind that of is, what I'm taking from all I this. Can, that is conniving, but yeah, I can see that too. I mean, I just, it all fits in It my does. Mind. Oh yeah. We love mm-hmm. oil. We do. <laughs> oh, petroleum. <laughs> Good old petroleum. Wow, I hadn't. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. We are just incredibly selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you want this island? Can't have it. We're gonna blow it up. Yeah. But that is uh, these the mystery of Bermeja Island. You know, did it exist? Was it blown up? Uh, did an earthquake swallow? Was it, it up? never there? Yeah. You know, or could it have been sneaky? Did it just cartographers? disappear over the centuries? We don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, I do think it's curious that it was so reliably there for so long, and then, and then all of a sudden not. gone. Yeah. But it was still intermittent, though. That's and then true. gone. Back and forth, yeah. And then, yeah. And then just... now it hasn't made an appearance or anything. The only thing about the CIA explanation that doesn't make sense to me is that, you know, I, I don't know if people, like, I imagine people, like, would go by it, not all the time, it's 200, you know, it's exactly. 100 kilometers, you know, yeah. north of the Yucatan, you know. But if it's such, like, a central location, it seems like such a, like, an important, sorry, hit the table there. <laughs> I know you, like, startled me, I heard it in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Jump scare alert. But uh, it seems like since it was such, a, like, a universal thing that everyone thought it was there, you would think a lot of people would pass it or something on their travels, something, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like a cargo ship or something, and... I don't know. That's interesting. And you would think with the knowledge of oil that you'd get down to brass tacks and figure it out. Exactly. Wow. And I love how the Mexican government is the one doing all the expeditions and the U.S. is just letting them. And it's like... Good luck. Oh, you're not going to find it. And we'll just take that space. (laughs) Because it's like, why would they send an expedition if we're the ones that blew it up? Exactly. Unless we're trying to cover it up. But we don't cover it up. We're the United States. We do whatever we want. (laughs) We're like the... We blow shit up we want to. Big brother. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Big bully, big brother. Same thing. 
But yeah, no, wow. I just thought that was really interesting. That's gonna keep me up at night. I'm <laughs> really though. Yeah. No, it's like crazy. how does it, that is awesome. Oh, well, that's it's a shorter episode this week. We yeah. are at forty minutes practically. Okay. So, um, you know, but I'm that's okay. S- yeah. You know, it's, I think it's build up for your mystery next week. Exactly. Yeah, my history, it wasn't, I thought if I did the history of Phantom Islands and Bermeja Island together, you know, and it's it would expand it. Oh, yeah. yeah but, you know, you know, you can't, they all sometimes can't you can't always get like an out, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, and I, I think, you know, sometimes I choose histories and mysteries that are like so, not small, but, you know, just, there's not enough happened around it or enough ex- research. Because it's a like, mystery, it's not, you know? Like, it's only, it's going to be. Even if you stretch it out, it's only going to be five minutes. Like, exactly. But this one was kind of like that. But I really wanted to do it. Hell like, yeah! It was it's a disappearing fucking island. island. Yeah, Hell like, yeah! Yeah. Anyway, massively. Oh god, I love that one. I really did. Well, awesome. Well, I hope the listeners did too. I That's, think they will. <laughs> those, those people are what we're doing it for, Jay. Oh, I thought it was all for we're me. Not are we not doing this for, this for me? No, absolutely not. I don't think I should be a part of this Shit. anymore. If I, if I'm, this Shit is not for me. I gotta go. <laughs> 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 all right well all right uh that was awesome yeah well, uh, i think good episode yeah well i'm ian and i'm jay and this was historical and mysterious, mysterious. <laughs> bye thank you bye oh you're welcome <laughs>